This episode is brought to you by Northwind Adventures. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. Say, if you ever wanted to experience the thrilling adventures of fantastic pulp fantasy stories at the tabletop, Northwind Adventures has got a role-playing game for you with Hyperborea. Based on the solid foundation of the original 1974 fantasy game, author Jeffrey Talanian has crafted an exciting, vibrant world using the inspiration of authors like Howard Smith and Lovecraft. With paper, pencil, and a handful of dice, your characters can explore the wonder, danger, and thrills of a rugged world beyond the North Wind. Explore dungeons, fight off monsters mundane, fantastic, and alien. Discover lost civilizations, battle mighty wizards, evil cultists, vicious warlords, and more. With 26 classes to choose from, your characters can quickly find fortune and glory on the road to high adventure, all in the land of Hyperborea. From Northwind Adventures, you'll find it at hyperborea.tv. Abandon all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard. The OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day out. Yeah, it sure is. Well, I'm cruising, slumming around YouTube again, I guess. (laughs) I think I'm going to start calling it slumming because I just, it's, it's like popcorn. I'm sorry. You know. It gives me some great ideas, but, you know, I just can't stop watching it sometimes. Anyway, I was watching some videos from a guy named Retro DM Ray. Shout out to him. And he does he does videos on basic, basic D&D and our OSR stuff and things like that. And he's, he's uh, done some good things. He did one, I watched one called Broken Dungeons and Dragons. And I thought he made some really good points, but it was a bit, well, you guys, I've told you about my love-hate relationship with skills in D&D and other games of that ilk, because I like to keep it simple, but I don't like to exclude it, you know, totally. And he was talking about how that kind of thing started where he saw where it was in BX where they said you could and and I don't know why this meant this is an afterthought is you could if somebody wants to do something to ask ask him to make a roll on whatever stat it is well that to me that's like okay that's a no-brainer um, but his point was that everything that makes the, the player look at the sheet rather than say can I do something is detrimental to what the game is all about now I, I'm not saying that he's, you know, he's that hardcore or anything like that. It's just that that's the kind of state, that's the kind of thing he said. And, you know, he's pretty reasonable. I talked to him, he's pretty reasonable about it because I told him how I do it. And it's like not everything you see on the sheet is detrimental to the game. And what I mean is sometimes you may need a slight bit of structure in certain areas that maybe Gary didn't think about. I know what Gary think was thinking about. Pure adventure, you know, you're going. And he did put that secondary profession chart in the first edition AD&D book. And in fact, they even put that in Osric and Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. They had their own chart. And a friend of mine, a friend of mine, uh, 
Mike Stewart did one for Dragonsfoot, a better one, I thought. And I used that. And because when I first saw it, I was very frustrated, very frustrated about the fact that, okay, Gary, I'm rolling on a secondary profession. I put it down on my sheet. What does it mean? What do I do with it? But apparently people, according to Mike Stewart when he wrote the article, and according to research, apparently he had something, there was some kind of system to go with it. What do you do? But for, I guess for time or space reasons, it got cut out of the book or something like that. But they never elaborated on it. It was like one of those things where, why did they even put this in here? Well, I made it work. I stole a, I stole a page out of Tunnels and Trolls and made it work. Because, like I said, I have a like-hate relationship with skills. And Retro DM Ray brings up some good points. It's like the more you add to the game, it's almost like the more you add, the more you subtract to the game sometimes. Not in all cases. Some changes were good. You know, some changes were good. I can't say proficiencies and non-weapon proficiencies were good, but it was different. Um with the splat books in second edition and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just something else for the game master to keep a lid on. So I can understand why people like him worry about that. And, you know, I'm all about, you know, getting back to the basics too. But my take is a simplified secondary professions where like I said, I took a page out of Deluxe Tunnels and Trolls and said, okay, fine. If we can come to an agreement, if you're doing something, and if I'm asking you for a, a role on your strength or your decks or whatever, and you could say, I used to be, say, I used to be, you're out there trying to catch the big one in a, in a lake or an ocean. I said, well, I used to be a fisherman. I, I pretty much got a sense of where they're going to be and how they're going to do that. And I said, all right, I'll give you a plus. I'll give them a plus one to plus three on the roll. And I figured that's good enough because that keeps the adventure going and it justifies something of a backstory. I think everybody should have like a little tiny backstory anyway. I mean, it talks about the three, the three game cap I have where I don't understand my character until like the third session. Then I know what he's all about, you know. Then I then I started doing backstory. Well, you gotta, I, and I've also well, I've also said that you should start with some kind of a hook, some kind of a personality thing. So it's somewhere in between, and to me, that's where the secondary professions fit. And that is a really, I think it's a, it, it, and it helps with, I think, the role playing. If you're gonna go into a jeweler and you have say a. a dwarf fighter with you and I mean they automatically get pluses on stuff like that but if you have some guy like some Joe Schmo who was trained as a jeweler he'll have pluses on it too he will if you look if he's trying to grade or judge gems things like that see if you guys aren't getting ripped make sure you guys aren't getting ripped off and things like that you know, and that's, and that's as far as I take it. I don't do any weapon proficiencies, you know, because fighters have all these maneuvers and all this other stuff. So I, 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 let, I let the fighting worry about itself, basically. And I also told him if the group I was playing with absolutely insisted we have a skill system, I would take the skill system out of Beckme's Rule Cyclopedia, which is probably one of the Beckme boxes too, but I take it out of the Rule Cyclopedia because it's easy to implement. Every skill is tied to a stat. You can actually advance them if you want, and 
the skill list is not ridiculous. It's more, it's generalized. So you could use them in a lot of situations and it's one and done. Okay. You want, you get so many slots, these skills, do it. It's almost, it's almost a prototype for the non-weapon proficiency thing they did in the later books like Unearthed Arcana, Orion Adventures, uh, second edition, all that kind of stuff. So it's good to have. But those are the only two things I'd fool around with. Secondary professions or that simple skill skill system in the RC. Anyway. Anyway, that's my answer to Retro DM Ray. We pretty much agree on everything. But once again, I had to make my had to make my feelings clear, I guess. Anyway, I gotta go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognargmail.com. Or you can drop a voicemail anchor. We are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. And I would thank you. And we do have a single single donation system at Kofi, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognar. You can give a one-time donation, anything from three bucks all the way up to however generous you want to be. And thank you. I want to thank these people who do the monthly thing. Jonathan Dorje Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Sorez, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, sorry, Ben. Oh, no, I'm not sorry. Jason, Big jo- well, John Allen Large, Aaron, Michael Tompkins, Randy Nichols, and Joe Harden. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. If you want to hear some good podcasts, there's Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar Podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Morton, Norton at Bandit's Keep on Anchor, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, Randy and Joe at Biggest Geekus, and my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.